0: Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast, where we like to discuss all things championship football and, of course, our beloved Birmingham City. After the midweek distraction of the League Cup, the championship is returned to action with a full complement of fixtures, and there were surprises aplenty. We'll be diving into each fixture and offering our analysis as the table starts to take shape. Of course, we'll also be looking at the major takeaways from Blue's home fixture against Preston and previewing the clash at the Kean Prince Foundation Stadium Uh, as Blues travel to take on Queen's Park Rangers on Tuesday night. Uh, But before we go any further, I must introduce your hosts. Uh, My name is Alex and I'm joined by my always eager co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you today? Are we feeling a bit more grounded about Blues' hopes for the season after the last few games? Um,
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit. I think um, certainly a humbling result against... uh, against Peter Peterborough but we don't need to talk about that anymore we covered that on our show yep um but uh I think the Preston game as we'll get into uh still leaving it with a little bit of disappointment mm-hmm. um but yeah as I said we'll get on to that and uh let's just let's get into the show
0: yes there's plenty to discuss we've got uh, 11 championship games to look at Then we'll be looking at all the blues stuff. Uh, And then we've been sent some questions from a friend of the pod that we'll be looking at in the final section of the show. That's all coming up after this. Hello, uh, it's the Royal Blue podcast. We're going to get straight into our championship roundup now um, because there's 11 fixtures to get through in this section of the show uh, and a lot to talk about. We're going to get straight into it with West Brom's game at home uh, on Friday night. They took on Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, Carlin Grant hit his second match winner of the season for West Bromwich Albion to send the baggies back to the top of the championship table. This was as it stood on Friday night, I should mention. Uh, Last season's £15 million signing from Huddersfield Town was eventually credited with both goals as the baggies came from behind to beat Queen's Park Rangers. On loan, Watford striker Andre Gray had fired Rangers ahead after just 43 seconds, uh, and the Hoops still held that lead with 15 minutes left. But when Grant unleashed a speculative low left foot shot on the angle from 15 yards, QPR keeper Senny Dien got down low to make the save, only to then clumsily flap the loose spinning ball into the net with his spare hand. And with just two minutes left, Grant beat Dieng again from a similar angle, this time with a low finish into the far bottom corner to lift the Baggies from fourth back to top spot. But that was ahead of Saturday's fixtures. So a fairly big result, I think, for, for Baggies. Um, you know, before this, they'd had a bit of a wobble. There are a few draws. They've got the win over a good QPR side, a QPR side that have shown some real fight in the, the, the first sort of stages of the season. Um, but it's goalkeeping errors that really define the game in the end. Um, what did you make of this one, CJ? I, I
1: mean, it start. I mean, even the even the the QPR goal was a goalkeeping error from Sam Johnston. Mm. If because uh, he he came out, he hesitated, and then he was caught in the middle of nowhere. And I, I, I grew up as a goalkeeper, yeah. and uh, and the first thing you're taught is if you come out, you commit to it. Because mm. the worst thing is being caught in the middle then you can do nothing. At least if you come all the way out, you can try and. Tighten the angle, block block a shot or whatever, or even bring the player down and, and, and give away a foul rather than uh, conceding a goal. But um, it was it was a game that on on the balance of play, West Brom probably deserved the win. They had a couple of decent opportunities that they didn't take. Um, but Dieng will be kicking himself with both of the goals. I think um, it, it was uh, certainly the first one was really poor. Um, and, but, you know, I'm not one, I'm not going to, I'm not going to charge or whatever. He's, he's proven so far this season that he's an okay goalkeeper, but um in terms of the actual, uh the actual result itself, it's a bit worrying for QPR. They've been playing good football, but that is three losses in a row now. And the one, and the game before that was a draw. So that's only one win in their last five, uh, which sees them slip down to 10th. The Reading have jumped over them after their poor start um and uh, it is it is it a bit worrying for rangers do they need to i mean they've got blues next as we'll talk about later in the show <laughs> it's the kind of perfect game for them mm, to look yeah. at and go under the lights against the blue team who also in their last three games struggled
0: mm.
1: you know it it's, it's, it feels like it, that will be a big game for both teams
0: yeah, no, I, I completely agree. QPR need to arrest this slide, don't they? They, they? Those first five games of the season, they look really strong. And then they've just started to slide a little bit now. Um, so you're absolutely right. Um, they'll be looking at the Birmingham game at home, um, hoping they can get a win uh, against Blues and, and sort of get, get, get rolling again. Moving on to the other game we had on Friday night, we get to talk about your favourite team uh, in the league, Joe. Coventry with a big win over Peterborough. Uh, they moved up to second in the championship as three goals in seven second half minutes helped them cruise to a deserved home win over Peterborough United. Sweden striker Victor Gajakares, I hope that's the correct pronunciation. I have no idea, mate. He netted twice uh, to continue the Sky Blues' perfect home record after a Gustavo Hamer Haim, uh, tapping broke the deadlock. Peterborough offered little, managing just two shots on target in a defeat that leaves them still without a point on the road this term and this is the bit of the report that you're going to like cj coventry had looked set to go top of the second tier for the first time since august 2009 but instead mark robbins sky blues had to settle for second spot on goal difference behind west brom uh, west brom who netted that late winner uh, against qpr where have coventry come from this season I've i've been so caught out but surprised by their start this perfect home record they've got they're not just looking like they're gonna they're here to just stay in the league. They look like they are really making a push. Um how far can commentary go this season? Um mid-table. <laughs> no, t-
1: okay, let's okay, let's be objective. We're a professional podcast.
0: We try, we try.
1: We try to be, we're definitely not. But uh um <laughs> they look they, they realistically, there's so many teams in that bundle, in that kind of you know, from third really down to 10th 11th that can push for that to, for them last three promotion playoff places there's no reason why Coventry can't be in that and they've proven that they've got the that they've got the quality and the drive to 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 achieve it but um I still uh, maybe it's maybe it's personal bias it probably is personal bias I, I can't see it being sustained I just I just can't um I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of enjoying hating them at the moment. I'm really, because uh, from the, like a
0: Sith Lord or something from Star oh, Wars, from, I'm enjoying the hate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> from, a, from a fan's point of view, I'm quite enjoying the the aspect where they're they're doing well when they shouldn't be.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Um, but I, I say again, they've only been doing well since I've started hating them.
0: Mm, it's interesting so if it?
1: i show them nothing but love if i go oh coventry are brilliant <laughs> but they lose their next game
0: maybe that's what they're doing they're listening they got to this ne- podcast.
1: Who, who, who have they got next
0: they're listening that's to this it. podcast uh in the changing room every week and it's and it's getting them all fired up yeah, 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 uh, they travel. they travel to luton on wednesday nights.
1: i would love luton to smash them up
0: <laughs> and then they've got fulham after that at home. i could go that's to that
1: I, I could actually go to that game if i wanted to
0: well, you mean you could get in with the home crowd and and oh, get yeah. get really rowdy and and give it to the the Coventry fans?
1: Maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll, I'll jump on and who's 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 a Coventry star player? Would you say who's who's well, their Jack Grealish?
0: Well, I think the start that the the striker's made certainly has to has to be mentioned. Martin Waghorn has, has started well for them as well. So maybe um, I jump
1: on and punch Martin Waghorn, Us Blues fans of
0: are yeah, we're encouraging violence now? You do, you want to you want to incite? No, that? I'm not. I'm
1: not saying anyone else should do it. I'm saying <laughs> I'll do it.
0: Blimey! I mean, it's I it. won't do it. I'm a good boy. You are a good boy. You are a good boy. You get a bit worked up sometimes, but you are a good boy.
1: <laughs> I, do, but, uh, I mean, very very uh, quickly on
0: Peterborough, of course, off yeah. the back
1: of a of a massive win, really, for them against uh, against. Who, who was it against? I can't remember. Well,
0: it? I don't. I don't really want to think about it, to be honest. No, no. No, um, it was a disappointing show from them. I think actually, I think it shows how well Coventry are playing. It's not just the goals; they managed to really restrict a Peterborough side that would have been full of confidence after that win over Birmingham. Yeah. Um, they'd have gone to Coventry true. thinking, "Well, we could get some of it tonight." Um, but they just two shots on target the entire game for what looked like a very potent front three uh, against Birmingham. But they were kept quiet by Coventry. So. It's both sides of the game that we're seeing from from the sky blues you know that they're, they're scoring goals but they're also they look quite quite well drilled and quite organized defensively
1: they do we'll see how long it lasts but they <laughs> for now for now they climb up to third place don't they
0: they so. do yes I, I was it was second place on the night but after all the other fixtures uh, yes they they are in third place uh, 19 points two points off the top i think any commentary fan would take would take that start. I think any fan in the Championship would, would that take that out. start. Some of
1: of fans right now would be taking that start.
0: They, well, they would do. They would do, absolutely. We'll be talking about them very shortly. But speaking of top spot, Bournemouth on Saturday, they took on Luton Town uh, at home uh, and they beat the Hatters to move to the top of the Championship. First half goals from Philip Billing, who's having a great season, uh, and Dominic Solanke both set up by Ryan Christie, put the Cherries in control. Uh, an own goal by Lloyd Kelly midway through the second half gave Luton hope of stealing the hosts' thunder, uh, but they were unable to find an equaliser as the Cherries leapfrogged West Bromwich Albion to move top. Um, Bournemouth, Scott Parker's Bournemouth, they're now top of the table, 21 points after nine games. They're looking like the real deal to me. I know in our predictions before uh, before a ball was kicked, we were talking a lot about West Brom and Fulham I did put Bournemouth in third, but they look like they can go toe to toe with both of those teams and really vie for a, for an automatic spot, don't they?
1: I I put Bournemouth second, I believe. You um, did.
0: I, I think you did put them in one of the automatic slots, yeah. And
1: um, I'm happy with that because I think that they will. Um, I think they made this game a bit harder than they needed to because they were in complete control, and they did kind of let Luton Town not not the fact that it was an own goal, just the fact that that they can't kind of, they, they they struggled a little bit to soak up some of the Luton pressure. Around about that hour mark, but after the Luton goal, it was almost like it was a bit of a kick, uh, a kicking, a kick in the backside for yeah. for the Cherries, and and they controlled the game from from then out. I don't think Scott Parker at any point would have been too worried about the result from that from the moment onwards, uh, and uh, I, I'm pretty I'm impressed by Bournemouth. I think it's hard not to be hmm. any team in the league to 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 be unbeaten at this point is impressive and yeah. of course it's only them and the baggies mm. uh, but uh, I, I do think that um if, if we were to redo a predictions now I'd put Bournemouth top really the season I think I think they've just got I mean they've got the they've got the best player in the championship in Philip Billing without wow. a doubt I, I think I said that before we wow. started the pod
0: best player I'm, in the championship full stop full stop wow He's, I, like your, I like your confidence.
1: <laughs> he's a box to box midfielder. He's mm-hmm. really physical, really strong, perfect for the league. He's got a really good eye for goal, as we saw against Luton. He's he's got a re- he's got. I think if you look at his passing stats, his passing stats are, are up there with the best in the league as well. But then he doesn't slouch defending. He's 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 a championship yaya touré.
0: Wow. I like that. And you can quote us on that. <laughs> the Championship Yaya Toure. Yaya
1: Toure, that. That's good. And I definitely don't only like him because a few years ago, he was a really cheap option on FIFA career mode.
0: <laughs> There's always an angle, isn't there? There's always something to do with career mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're basically my whole life on that. On that. <laughs> uh, and for Luton, just a, a quick word on them. Uh, it looked like they had chances in the game and perhaps could have got something, but yeah, they're, they're down to 16th now, 10 points. Um they still seem to me like a very inconsistent team. One week there, that you get a good performance out of them, like we had yesterday, and then there's other performances where they're they're throwing three goal leads away. They're conceding five goals at home. They they can't seem to find that consistency. And I think in this league, that's that's risky. You're dicing with death, aren't you?
1: It's yeah. I think consistency is the most important thing you know because with consistency comes the big m word <laughs> you don't even need to say it no we don't need to say it you guys know what we mean <laughs> any new listeners listen back
0: to the old yeah. ones you know yeah. what i
1: don't what one was, was it the one with tommy mooney that we kept i
0: think it was the one before that the, the actual uh, episode, episode title says the m word in uh, the actual you'll title you'll find it, you'll so,
1: find it. Yeah. go back to that one and you'll understand <laughs> um anyway <laughs> um yeah it's 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 a bit of a worry they're slowly just slipping down a bit mm. um and with some of the teams around them like you think of some of the results this, this uh this weekend I think Millwall Millwall got a draw that will come on too uh who was that with the Millwall draw
0: as of Nottingham Forest yeah. So that
1: that that Millwall Nottingham Forest if Millwall had taken the win Luton Town would actually be down in 17th you know and uh and it's it's not looking good. Not a win in their last five games now, for Luton Town. Four draws and of course a loss. Just, just gone. And of course, add to that the five nil home loss that they still haven't really recovered from. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, if Luton Town continue to 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 drop, I think a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, Hatters fans, Hatters, yeah, uh, they'll be uh, they'll be thinking about that awful game against against blues at kentworth and blaming it on that on that game
0: well i think it's that as well isn't it paired with with blowing a 3-0 lead th- these things have psychological effects on teams and, and that was against know,
1: Fonzie, wasn't it who they're now yeah. level on points with after this weekend yeah yeah and um, then, with identical records
0: that's it but it, but it's it's that sort of those sort of freak results almost if you can call them that paired with Going to somewhere like Bournemouth and putting a right shift in and, and still not getting anything, you've got to find a way to keep that that consistency of performance up, and then the results will come. It's a real, real struggle, I think, for Luton, and uh, the way things are going, um, I think they're going to get sucked into that relegation battle. But we've got to move. We've got, we've got to move on. There's, there, we've got plenty more uh, <laughs> fixtures to talk about. Um, Blackburn Rovers, uh, I thought we should uh, put this one higher up the running order. Yeah. Because it's your, well, one of your favourite players, Ben Brereton Diaz. He led yes. the way with a hat trick as Blackburn Rovers ran riot at Ewood Park against Cardiff City. Cardiff's height caused early set piece problems, but Sam Gallagher made a fine return from injury when he seized on a long ball to put Rovers ahead. Brereton Diaz doubled the lead with a fizzing volley before forcing the ball home in a goal scramble uh, for 3-0. And it was Tiris Dolan who continued the route from close range. And although Sean Morrison did head a consolation Cardiff goal, Brereton Diaz claimed his third from the penalty spot after goalkeeper Dylan Phillips brought down Rida Kadra. So it's the Chilean uh, <laughs> prince. Yeah, uh,
1: Santiago on Trent's finest. Um <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, he was he was he was brilliant in the game. I can't say I'm too surprised. He's a he's a fantastic player. Um, but the, it was a real good team performance. I think they'll probably be a bit disappointed to have conceded a goal. But that that's just a blemish on the record and, and, and nothing more. It was uh, your love that it. it was another uh, centre back goal for Cardiff. I don't know what the stats are on that.
0: We'll have right. to have a look at those because between Aidan Flint and Sean Morrison, it seems like that most of their goals are from centre backs. <laughs> yeah, they are.
1: I think, I think Blues could take, could maybe take some note. Yeah, somehow. true,
0: true. Um, but it's it's actually just briefly on Cardiff. It's it is worrying for them. They've slipped down now. They started so well. We we talked about QPR slip. Cardiff are now down to 13th with this loss. Um it's a worry for them. Mick McCarthy's men started well, but they've dropped off.
1: It is, and it's a big, big loss as well. And um, mm. I think, I mean, one thing that I do love about this game is uh, on the stats anyway, it uh, Cardiff had 62% possession and could only muster five shots on target. Mm. Whereas Blackburn, who are a counter-attacking team, they've got a lot of pace in that side. A lot of uh, really nice, quick, nippy players who can play these lovely uh balls into space and um with 38% possession blackburn managed to double the amount of shots that cardiff had on target with 10 and mm. of them 10 obviously five of them found the back of the net yeah and then the last goal was a penalty wasn't it so you it, it
0: was that. indeed but you know it's it a goals a goal to was a goal was goal. a, a goal yeah i think um Worrying for Cardiff, but Blackburn, that pushes them up into sixth. They've snuck into the player places almost out of nowhere. It, it That's feels why I've like.
1: got them, I think. End the season now. I think I've got them in six.
0: Nice. Nice.
1: End it now. What do I win? What do I get, <laughs> if I get um, to meet someone? Do I get to meet, like... Do I get to meet Barrington Diaz now? We'll,
0: we'll get him to pop in. Yeah, we'll get him yeah. to pop in. You yeah, can well, practice well, your, I'll, I'll your, your sort well. of South American... Uh, I, I, what do they what, what do don't they, what set me up for that. in Chile is it Portuguese what do they speak don't, in? don't, don't set
1: me up for that accent please that will <laughs> get cancelled very quickly
0: be, <laughs> but no it's, it's very very positive stuff for them uh, even before today I, I was saying that Breton Diaz seems to be having a really good season he's now got a hat trick um, it's all positive stuff for Blackburn five goals uh, a hat trick hero and up into the playoffs they're only going in one direction uh, as it stands uh, moving on and a big, big, there's a couple of big things to discuss in this game. Uh, Sheffield United uh, took on Derby County at Bramall Lane. Uh, it was Billy Sharp that netted from the penalty spot as 10 man Derby suffered a heartbreaking defeat at Sheffield United in their first game since the club went into administration. Rams keeper Kelly Rouge was shown a red card for bringing down Sharp in the 57th minute as the United striker chased a pass forward by Oliver Norwood. Ryan Allsop was sent on as a substitute, but not, could not keep out Sharp's 89th-minute spot kick after Curtis Davis was penalised for handball. And although Tom Lawrence hit a post in added time, Derby could not find an equaliser. Um, going into administration has resulted in that 12-point deduction for Derby, which we should talk about, and it puts them bottom of the championship. A big result for Sheffield United, I think, here as well. It pushes them up to eleventh in the table, uh, onto twelve points, four points behind the playoff places. Now they've they've got a bit of m momentum, and and heartbreak for Derby. They are they need the points, don't they? Um, to, to we'll get back into, we'll get back in, into positive uh, positive numbers. Um, what did you make of this one?
1: I um I feel bad for Derby actually. It's easy to feel bad for them, obviously, with everything going on behind the scenes. Uh, and I mean, look, Sheffield United, right? And this is this is this has been my point after the last game as well, when um, when I said that we just need to calm down with them a little bit. They had seventy percent well, sixty nine percent possession. Right, mm. that is a lot of the ball.
0: Yeah,
1: and they had seventeen shots; only two of them were on target. So. And and I assume one of them is the penalty, so that's one <laughs> shot. On
0: yeah,
1: open play. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was from a corner, like a, a header or something, or so, which which is still worrying. Which is why I don't think they'll make the playoffs unless in January they sign a, a, a prolific, clinical striker who is who will just who will play every game and will get and will just guarantee you a goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: without that, they won't.
0: Mm. I think, I think it's, a really, it's a really, really good point. And while they are sort of climbing the, the table, that is that is sort of a more of a longer term issue, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and 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 that's the point. I mean, when you talk about when you talk about momentum, it has to be sustainable, and it's not at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. you look at Ryan Brewster, you don't see him as the person who's going to be banging goals the way he was for Swansea a few years ago in the Championship. I know, Ollie McBurney. For some reason, it, is, it doesn't seem to be working for him. Um, and same thing really goes for Billy Sharp. It was a penalty. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the kind of Billy Sharp that we that we are used to seeing mm. at the top end of the pitch. But um, of course, you know, when you go down to ten minutes, especially when it's your goalkeeper, right? you, you teams tend to struggle, and Derby continued to to hold out until the very and the handball. I have seen a video of it. I don't know if you have.
0: Mm, yeah, I saw clips on Twitter.
1: You can't really refute it, but it, mm. it, it, it's a difficult one. What What is he meant to do with his hand? It, yeah. It's away from his body, mm. and uh, uh, and the ball hits his hand. Mm. But that's it. the ball hits his hand. He hasn't he hasn't blocked yeah. it with his hand or anything. It, that 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 really is just a, that's that's a technicality more than anything else. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. which will kind of hurt Derby even more. Yeah. Uh, so I feel bad for Wayne Rooney and the Rams, but uh, I think, I think, I think that they, in their head, they'll still be thinking about staying up. Mm. I really do. I think they've started the season quite well. We do. We have mentioned time and time again about burnout and, and the lack of depth in their squad to, to, to make it last, to make a promotion, uh, not promotion, to make a survival push yeah. last. But if they can early on, if they can try and try and try and dig themselves out of the out of the hole they're in, because to have a twelve point deduction and be left on only minus two points at the start of the season, that is pretty impressive, actually, with the squad they've got. Mm. So uh, I think if they do, and if if they do manage to stay up, I think you have to be talking about Wayne Rooney for manager of the season. As I said at the start the, uh, start of the 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 pod in episode one, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's a really, really good shout. You know, they're, they're nine points behind Peterborough who are in 21st. It's not insurmountable. There's still plenty of of games to be played, plenty of football uh, to be played. It's certainly doable for the Rams, but I think you're right. It, It, the, the sort of the very threadbare nature of their squad, they're probably, they need to get points on the board soon really, and get some, get some momentum before those injuries Mount up, and now obviously they have got that red card to contend with, which means further rotation. It, it's just, it is picking up some momentum <laughs> as soon as really, and trying to get a few wins on the board um, to, to get into positive points uh, and start to push towards that dotted line um, as, as best they can. You might look back to that Peterborough result as well. A few months ago, they lost late on. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, yeah, little things, you no, know, little things like
1: that where mm-hmm. where where you know they happen to every team. Conceding a late goal here and there, mm. but it, 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 they'll they'll definitely look back at that and think to themselves, like, what if, what if we hadn't, what if that had been turned around, what if that handball didn't happen against Sheffield United? Yeah, you know, all these 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 things that can go either way in football, they, they just haven't gone Derby's way at all. Which with the luck they're having off pitch, they really need it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're absolutely right.
1: We feel for your Rams fans. We really do.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a tough time for them at the moment, but hopefully they can can get some points on the board. Any and-
1: Rams fans out there, get in contact with us. Mm. Let us yeah. know. Let us know what you think this season. Can you stay up with the squad you've got? Do you still do you think Wayne Rooney is the man? I think he is. I think he's proven himself early on. I think so. Uh, so get gas at um, at Royal Blue Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and the email is uh, Royal Blue at gmail.com. <laughs> Alex doesn't know it ever um just, just email us let us know dm us uh at us on twitter whatever let us know what you think mm-hmm. about the rams
0: yeah get in touch um moving on then we've still got a few fixtures to talk about uh, bristol city hosted fulham um in what looked like quite a uh, an action packed game uh, on saturday afternoon uh, bristol city fought back to draw at home to fulham in an entertaining match full of chances at ashton gate uh, alexander mitrovic scored his seventh league goal of the season to give the visitors the lead just after half-time, having hit the crossbar seconds earlier. Uh, But the home side were dangerous on the counter-attack and substitute Casey Palmer equalised soon after being brought on. Fulham had a trio of chances to get the winner late on, but hit the bar twice, uh, with Mitrovic also sending a shot narrowly wide. So this one was very back and forth. Um, Clearly, uh, Bristol City starting to get into their stride a little bit. Um, Fulham mm, will they be happy with the draw? I think the way the game went, know. they might be. I don't think they will be. No. Um. Certainly, with the late opportunities, you know,
1: slamming the bar twice is, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a bit of a kick in the teeth, isn't it? But, um. Of course. And I think that, I think they would have been looking at Bristol City's performances leading up to this, and they would have been, uh, they would have been thinking, maybe not thinking an easy three points, but they would have been expecting to win the game.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. They started the game on the front foot. It was all one-way traffic in the in the opening 15-20 minutes. Um, I remember watching. Uh, I was watching Sky Sports Soccer Saturday, and uh, and every t- they, they went over to Bristol to, to, to Ashton Gate a few times, and every time the reporter there literally just said the same thing: "Going, it's just Fulham on the attack. It's just Fulham on the attack the whole time." <laughs> um, but eventually, Bristol grew into the game. The goal was an absolute scramble. I don't even know how it ended in ended up in the net. I've seen it on Bristol City's Instagram. <laughs> it was kind of palmed away by Paolo Gazzaniga. And then Casey Palmer kind of topped up at this really weird angle. It looked like the ball went through Paolo Gazzaniga. Almost it looked like it went through his chest from the angle I saw. <laughs> uh, like it like he was a hologram. And ended up just in the roof of the net somehow. It was a really strange one, but. But was it deserved? Probably. Mm-hmm. I think Fulham were just kind of coasting after the Mitrovic goal. Um, but then Fulham turned on the style but couldn't find the finish. Yeah, I think a draw, well, I've just, I've just said that like Fulham deserved the win, but I'm going to change that. I think, yeah, I think, I think a draw, Bristol City will be happy with a draw being it's against Fulham. And I think a draw is a fair result.
0: It seemed to me like it was quite different to the, the Blues versus Fulham game from a few weeks ago, where Fulham were clinical. Those chances on that night,
1: Fulham was, would have scored them.
0: The yeah, whereas here they were just a, a little bit more profligacy um, and, and the decision-making in the final third wasn't quite right. So, so it's yeah, it, uh, it it's a good, good point for Bristol City. I think Fulham, you're probably right. They're, they'll be disheartened that Bournemouth got the win and they're now four points behind top spots. Uh, but they are, of course, only two points behind second place. Um, so it's all still to fight for, of course, uh, in these very early stages of the season. Where
1: are, where are So Bristol have come to eighth as well, which is, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the momentum. They haven't lost in the last five. I've only got the last five up. It could be more than that. I don't think it is, though. Um, two wins and three draws. And they have. Uh, well, they've got the M word, haven't they? They
0: have. They have yeah, they've picked it, up. They've,
1: they've, they've, and uh, with Huddersfield losing their last two, and we'll get on to Huddersfield mm. in a moment. I'm sure I think that's um, they'll be looking at they'll be looking at the, at the top six thinking there's no reason why three points off of it. There's no reason why we couldn't capitalize on a poor Blackburn result or, uh, you know, Stoke or, or Fulham slipping down mm. the table a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. Or the inevitable collapse of Coventry. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to the first to the first Coventry game where they lose quite badly. It will happen at some point. Even if they still have a really good season, they will. There will be at least one game where they'll just have a bad game. Hmm. So we can just have the title as "The Collapse of Coventry" finally <laughs> comes.
0: Um, Already got the title in description written.
1: Oh yeah, I've got. I, I wrote it. I wrote it. Like <laughs> before before this podcast was a thing, I wrote it. Um No, I think Bristol City will be um, will be thinking of uh, we'll be thinking of the the top six without a doubt. Mm, yeah, I, I think will
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it seems like it might be quite a realistic aim for them. Um, Moving on then to Stoke versus Hull. Uh, Stoke City struck a goal in each half as they maintained this season's unbeaten home record by beating Hull City. Uh, Summer signing Mario Vrancic scored his first goal for the Potters on 35 minutes. Uh, Nick Powell then wrapped up victory on 58 minutes when, against one of his former clubs, Hull keeper Matt Ingram could only get a hand to his 35-yard free kick Only 100% Coventry City with 15 have picked up more home league points this season in the Championship than Stoke, who have won four and drawn one. Hull remain the Championship's lowest scorers, having scored just five goals in nine games, four of which came on the opening day of the season at Preston. So Stoke, going well. They're on the same amount of points as Fulham. They're on. They're in fifth place in the playoffs. They've started really well. and I think those stats there really bear that out. You know, the, the home performances in particular have been really, really inspiring. Um, and they've managed to comfortably beat the whole city side that are struggling uh, for goals. Um, the Tigers, uh, as I said, they're only five goals so far this season. whole um, 23rd position, five points. Uh, only Derby are below them, and that's only because of the 12-point deduction. Um, it looks like it's going to be a tough season for the Tigers, doesn't it?
1: It's going to be a slog for mm. them at the at the KCOM. I think. Um, I mean, first of all, they're playing against a, a Stoke team that uh, that they're playing against a really good Stoke team. Let's not forget that. Mm. But um, I think the whole city have got a long, long season ahead of them, and uh, and it is it is that. Something that us Blues fans can certainly, um, certainly empathise with is struggling in front of goal, and they that's that's what's happening for them for whatever reason. They can't follow on it. The reason is they haven't really got someone reliable to put the ball in the back of the net. Really, you no. know, you look at their you look at their team, and there's no one that jumps out that no one that jumps out at me that that is going to be putting the ball in the back of the net. You know, they've got they've got some good players in there. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure in the whole squad, I'm only looking at the match day squad, but I'm pretty sure in their whole squad. They've got um George Honeyman.
0: Yeah, George uh, Honeyman's in there as a midfielder. Yeah, that there's the you're absolutely
1: This game for some reason. I don't know why that is. Well, it, wasn't just, in, it wasn't in the squad. I'm looking,
0: looking at the striker options. You've got Tom Eaves, who's who's very good at league, the League One level, is quite well recognised. Josh McGinnis, a similar story. George Monk. There's, there's players here that, that are established at perhaps a lower level, but maybe they're just finding it really difficult in the Championship, where the intensity is just that that bit greater. Defenders are of a higher quality and, and better at reading the game. They just seem to really be struggling. Hull. It's bizarre, really, that on the opening day of the season they scored four goals, and not that they were going to be a team that would score for fun, but maybe also ship goals. But they've gone from gone from that to to just the goals completely drying up.
1: Four of their five goals have came in their first game, didn't it? And then uh, so the and the their only other goal came in that loss to Sheffield United. So very very worrying times. You wonder maybe will the second managerial sack of the season be for the orange tigers
0: that might be true that might very well be true and just a quick note on stoke they've obviously been going really well um what what is it that they're getting right is it is it the the formation i mean you look at the lineup from from that fixture you look at the quality they've got in there you've got the likes of remain Sawyer's on loan from west brom uh, Sam Klukas, Vrancic has started really well this season. Um, Nick Powell, uh, a dead ball specialist. They just seem like they've got lots of different options, lots of ways they can hurt teams. I'm looking at their squad uh, in general. You've got the likes of Sam Surridge, just signing from Bournemouth, a young quick striker. I'm a
1: big fan of Sam Surridge.
0: Thomas Ince, who we know is a wide forward, offers something a little bit different. Stephen Fletcher, who's a bit more of an old school um, forward. who likes to be a bit more physical. They've got different options. Um is is that what it boils down to? You've got Joe Allen, who's obviously out injured at the moment, who's to come back in. Oh, I love Fast Joe experience, vast experience. Allen. They just seem like they've got a really good blend of these different options, but also they've got experience with youth as well.
1: Yeah, they do. I think uh, they've got a, they've got a really nice balance about them. Uh, they've just they found the formula that works, and they're sticking with it. And why wouldn't you? You know, I'm i uh, I'm really I am impressed by by. Uh, by Stoke so far this season, and I think, you know, where when the time comes at the end of the, the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if they are in the playoffs at all. I think yeah, you know, no. of the like you know in in that group of teams, you know, really mm. uh, that that like we mentioned it a lot, the kind of third to eleventh or twelfth, um, that that I think Stoke are of of all of them probably of the highest quality throughout the squad.
0: I think you're right. I think in terms of the chasing pack, if you can call them that, even though they are currently in fifth, uh, they certainly look like a side to me anyway, um, that have a a serious claim and can be seriously part of that conversation uh, in terms of chasing uh, the playoff spots. Uh, Moving on then, uh, Nottingham Forest, uh, they hosted Millwall on Saturday afternoon. It was Max Lowe's freak equaliser that gave Steve Cooper a point against draw specialist Millwall in his first match as Nottingham Forest boss. Forest made a bright start under their new head coach, but Matt Smith met Shea Ojo's pinpoint cross to head the lines in front. The hosts were level soon after the break when Lowe's attempted cross caught out Millwall keeper Bart Bielkowski and went in off the back post. Uh, Cooper's side pressed hard for a winner, but Millwall went closest when Smith's powerful effort struck the bar. So Nottingham Forest, uh, they've got the new manager. They've got a point. Uh, they're up to five points now. Um, yeah, we, it's difficult to learn anything when a manager comes in in their very, very first game. But they seem to to have they seem like a bit more on the front foot. Um, what did you make of, of the Forest side of things from this weekend? Um, to be completely honest with you, I,
1: I I didn't focus on this game a whole lot. Mm. If I'm honest, so I don't. I I can only really go off a couple of stats. Uh, and off the stats, you know, they seem to want to try and control the game. You know, they had uh, they had plenty of the ball, uh, and they were making plenty plenty of passes. You know, they, so to me, that would say that they're trying to control the game. Mm. And um, when you're at home, that's that's realistically, unless your your team's out and out style is to counter attack, that's what you want to be doing. Um, so yeah, I think the signs are. The change was made early enough for Nottingham Forest in the in the dugout for them to probably think that avoiding relegation is an expectation rather than a positive. Mm. Um, but I I do think that they they just there's still something in their squad that because they've they've got really good quality in their squad mm. there's there's just something there that isn't quite right for me maybe. I think they could really benefit from a little bit more depth in the middle of the park, a couple maybe, maybe another experienced central midfielder to, uh, to, to, to just, if they're going to try and control games, they need another one. Cause you know, they, they played this game with, with Ryan Yates, uh, who, you know, 23 years of age. He's, he's, he's played pretty, pretty much all of his football in the championship. As far as mm. I, as far as I'm aware, maybe, maybe a season or two in league one, uh, and uh, next to him was Manchester United loanee uh, Garner, James Garner. Yeah. Uh, so you know that's that's a 23-year-old and a 20-year-old controlling uh, a Championship midfield. Now I'm not saying that they're not good enough. I'm sure they are, but I think they could really benefit with you know uh, a, an experienced central midfielder uh, to, to to play next to one of them and rotate that other one next to them. Um, but you know. They got a point out of this game against against draw specialist Millwall, as you said. Um, and let's touch on Millwall, actually.
0: Yeah, we should. The,
1: the draws, as you say, you know, they, they're drawing a lot of games.
0: Is that starting to become a worry? Well, I mean, at some point you've got to win a game, haven't you? They've won one game so far this season, Millwall. They had six draws. Um, they're on nine points in 19th, but... The way things are going, they're only four points above the relegation zone. They need to start. You've got to turn draws into wins at some point. Um, I would be slightly concerned myself. Um, you know, scored nine goals this season, but they've conceded 11. It's, it's so that there's clearly they, they can score goals, you know, nine goals in nine games. It's, it's not amazing, yes, but it's not let's, awful. Let's put, a, let's put a spin on it, right? Let's mm-hmm. have a
1: look at the teams that they've drawn against. Mm. Right, so we, so if we go back, after they beat Blackpool, they drew to West Brom. Yeah. at the Hawthorns,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that is not a bad result in my book. No, that's,
0: that's that you can you can you can take that all day long.
1: Next up, they went to Swansea. They went to the Swansea stadium, and they took <laughs> a 0-0 draw away from there. I wouldn't, for a team like Millwall, because I mean Swansea haven't had the greatest start to the season. So maybe they would have wanted to turn that into three points, but that's, you know, that's not an end of the world result. I wouldn't say against Swansea. Uh, Then they had a visit from a hot, hot, hot street Coventry. Yep. And they took a one all draw from them. Another Mm. good result. Mm. Certainly with the way Coventry are playing. And then, the only one that really i'd be I'd be quite worried about would be this this not forest result yeah um certainly with the way the forest goal came about that's that's you know you'd expect your goalkeeper to do better with it
0: yeah it's one of those across well it's it's clearly an attempt at a cross isn't it and it's and it's <laughs> it's it's,
1: it's, it's it's something that happens over the course of a season, but you'd, but you'd hope it would happen in a game mm. where, you, where you're controlling the game and it's just a, a little blemish. But yeah. um, that's the only one I'd be worried about. They've got Bristol City on Wednesday night.
0: Mm, I was just looking at that real coming fixed.
1: Um, <laughs> we haven't done a prediction for any, any of the other games because we normally only do that for Blues. But for that game, I would predict... Uh, they, if they get a fifth draw on the bounce here, and this is only in the league, of course, they lost in the cup to Leicester, I think. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be a game where I mean, obviously Bristol City off the back of a draw to Fulham, and they're, they're a draw again. You know, yes, it's bad to keep on drawing these games, mm. but another draw against a team who are who have got some momentum in Bristol City <laughs> um, yeah. wouldn't be the end of the world. Again, is is where do you draw the line? I mean, they in house they'd be thinking certainly from a from a competitive point of view. How can we turn some of these good draws into good wins? Yeah, but the results aren't the end of the world.
0: Mm, mm. It's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? And then looking at some of their upcoming fixtures, you mentioned Bristol City. They then travel to Barnsley, then they host Luton. Those two games in particular, they're just above Barnsley in the table. They they should really be going for wins. I think yeah, the the
1: Barnsley and the Luton game, well, there's a big gap between. Is that that must be an international break? It
0: must, it? yeah, I think it is. Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, so I think I think if they draw. Bristol and Barnsley, if they draw both of those games before the international break, um, that will be... That's where, for me, I, they, a little bit of alarm bell should be ringing about. How, mm-hmm. how can we grind these draws into results?
0: I think... but I, I suppose it's... It's difficult. There are a lot of good teams in the championship. And at some point, you know, you, you, you've you got to find a way if you're getting draws, which is not the end of the world, but if you're getting draws. It's up to the manager to find a way to manage those games, get the team ahead um, and then find a way to shut games down and try to grind out the odd win. When it was at Blues, we, we did it to, to teams much better than us on paper, uh, where we, we'd get our noses in front and we would just make the game very physical, very difficult and we'd close out the game and, and, and get some very, very good results. And I think perhaps Millwall are still just finding that, that element of their game, that game management, and trying to shut games down a little bit more and, and turn draws into wins. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get on with their, their upcoming fixtures. Um, on to our trio of 1-0s then, to round out this section of the show. Uh, Reading midfielder Alan Halilovic got Who? the only goal. Who? <laughs> <laughs> he got the only goal, his first for the club, as the Royals beat Middlesbrough. Uh, Borough were out of luck as they were undone only by a fortuitous deflection uh, and then had Matt Crooks very harshly sent off four minutes from time for an innocuous sliding challenge on home keeper Lucas Southwood. Middlesbrough manager Neil Warnock confirmed afterwards that they would appeal against Crooks' dismissal, uh, but Borough remained a threat on the park and almost snatched a sensational late equaliser during the 12 minutes of injury time caused by a bloody junior hoilet going down after a challenge from Paddy McNair. Uh, keeper Joe Lumley went up for a 101st-minute corner and, attempting an Alison Becker moment, uh, his header flew just wide of the left upright. Uh, Halilovic's only previous goal in English football was a stunning late winner for Birmingham City against QPR in February. But this one was a thing of both beauty and beastly luck for Middlesbrough. So, Reading... They're going now a little bit. I feel like they've really picked up. They were they've dodging the it's first few up weeks. the table.
1: Reading have really shot up the table. They have. Um, it, which goes to show, kind of in this league, what what can happen if you just get that little bit of confidence. And um, you know they, they they've they've they're now above QPR, and we've been we've been talking about QPR this season as having is starting brilliantly. Yeah, brilliant football. And, and I, it wasn't all that long ago that we were talking about Reading really needing to, to start and turn themselves around. Clearly, someone at Reading has been listening to the Royal Blue podcast. Well, that, and, they were, and they decided to to start playing some good football. Before we get into the game, I want to just talk about Alan Halilovic.
0: Mm.
1: Do we miss, do Blues miss him? Is that, the kind of, the, is that the exact kind of player right now? Someone to break the lines? Yeah, so, it's, it's a difficult problem, one, isn't,
0: isn't it? A lot of Blues fans um, in the early... Season, we're saying, you know, we got Tahith Chong, we don't need Alan Halilovic. They're different, they're different they're types different. of attacking midfielders. Um, is, seems more comfortable picking up the ball and making those incisive passes. Chong is better, I'd say, dribbling on the ball, taking on a man. It, they are different types of players. Do we miss that? We always want options, um, in those areas. I think we can talk about Blues in, in more detail. I think we really need to get Riley McGree more involved at, at Blues. Yeah, I, think we need I don't some... know
1: why he hasn't been, because he's only known until January. That's not far away.
0: Yeah, anymore. clearly he offers something a little bit different in, in that role, just behind the striker. Um, yeah, do we miss him? He started well at Reading, you know, a few assists and now a goal. It's always... It's always um, it's hindsight, isn't it? Hindsight. It is, it is. And you you just hope that, that Blues can find a, an answer to that question. It could be a real, real player for Reading and, and, and a real talisman for them, and it's and it almost pains me to say it.
1: <laughs> it does. It is. It is. It's hard to say. But anyway, I think the the game itself was was kind of it was a it was quite a physical battle. Um, you know, a couple of injuries, of course, a red card. Um, you know, very Neil Warnock kind of game, but uh, Neil Warnock didn't get the result. And is it? It's worrying for Middlesbrough actually. Similarly to Luton slowly driven down there are only two points off Peterborough who are 21st which and they're, they're only four points off the relegations they're only four points off Nottingham Forest who have a not a new lease of life but would certainly expect to be able to, to start to get some results with the change of manager
0: so mm-hmm. maybe a bit worrying the Riverside? I think definitely worrying, and it's not the start you'd expect from a Neil Warnock side. Um, it did make me laugh in, in the post-match, the way he talked about the decisions the referee was making. I mean, he does it every match, but in oh, particular, yeah. this is very over the top. It's, it's terrible, really. I've been in the game 42 years, and this group of championship referees at the minute is probably the worst I have ever come across. Honestly, if Matt hadn't have gone in for that challenge, I'd have probably fined him. So... so <laughs> <laughs> So you've got to love him. Uh, wait, he's been in
1: football for 42 years now.
0: That's why. That, yes, I think that's probably about right. Yeah. That is yeah. double my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's a very experienced manager, which is why it's so surprising that the, the start they've had has been so underwhelming. And, and you're right. They are sliding towards a, a relegation battle. Um, worrying times for Borough. Yeah, I think so.
1: Shall we move on to... Yep. so here? a penultimate
0: game for this section of the show, uh, Swansea. Uh, Swansea boss Russell Martin celebrated a first home league victory as oh, really? Joel Pirro's goal proved enough to see off Huddersfield Town. Uh, side had drawn three and lost one of their four championship games on their own ground this season, but Pirro's composed finish was reward for Swansea's first-half dominance. Carlos Corboran's Huddersfield slipped to a third defeat in their last four games, as they created little, despite an improved showing after the break, Huddersfield starting to slide, Swansea starting to climb. <laughs> I think it's a. I
1: think Swansea now just need to need to take this result and build from it. Um, you know, for for a team like Swansea to get their first home win after nine games, it's disappointing. Mm. But. Um, no reason why they can't put that behind them and, and really kickstart their season. Um, Huddersfield, yeah, starting to starting to show some cracks. I think for from Huddersfield's point of view, the problem is a lack of flexibility. They've got one thing and if it doesn't work, they haven't got anything else.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a really interesting point for, for Huddersfield. I think, that, you know, they stay seventh. They were seventh at the start of play. They're seventh after this. But they're now in part of that chasing pack. They're on 13 points along with Bristol City, Reading. Then you've got QPR, Sheffield United, Blues all on 12. There's there's, there's a chasing pack that they've now been sucked into. Um, and it's, it's, it's difficult to get back in. That three-point gap between sixth and seventh is interesting. There's already a little bit of a gap there. Um, which I'm sure will be completely swollen up in the next few weeks, but it's an interesting observation nonetheless. Um, And we'll move on to our final game because we're nearly at time for this section of the show. Uh, Blackpool uh, beating Barnsley. I I don't know why I put this last in the running order. It's a good win for Blackpool. Uh, Sorry, Blackpool fans. Uh, Northern Ireland striker Shane Lavery scored his sixth goal of the season to give Blackpool a victory over struggling Barnsley. Lavery found the net from a tight angle as the Seasiders registered only their second win in five home championship games. Uh, the Tikes had won the previous three league meetings between the clubs, but Marcus shops side were once again found wanting up front as they slipped to 20th in the table. Victor Adeboyejo saw a, an effort well saved by Chris Maxwell before the break, uh, and defender Michael Hellick was narrowly wide with a header from Corley Woodroves Cross in the closing minutes. Blackpool, big win for them. It uh, puts them on to 11 points, up to 14th, which is... They'd be. I'm sure any Blackpool fan would be happy with that after nine games. Uh, Lavery with six goals so far this season. He seems to be the main man. Uh, and Barnsley, though, worrying after how great a season they had last season. They're really struggling, aren't they? The loss of the manager, the loss of players like Alex Mowat. They're in 20th position, eight points, only three points above the relegation zone. Uh, Joe, what did you make of this one? Um, the game itself, another one
1: I, didn't re- I haven't really focused on too much, um, Apologies to Blackpool and Barnsley fans. I think Barnsley are a team that uh, that have a a tough season ahead. I think a relegation battle is is on the cards for them. But for Blackpool, if you said to Blackpool fan at the start of the season that after after nine games they'd be 14th, you know, pretty comfortably mid table, mm. they would have uh, they would have taken that.
0: Yeah. Definitely.
1: So uh, that's all I really have to say on this game. I think. No, you know. I think
0: I, I think that's a good summary. Um, and we are at time for this section of the show. Uh, so before we move on to the next section of the show, uh, just a reminder that you can get in touch on Twitter and Instagram at Royal Blue Pod. Uh, and the email is, Joe? The email, Alex, is royalbluepodcast at gmail.com. No spaces. No spaces. Do get in touch. Uh, coming up next is our roundup of blues. Uh, we'll be looking at the fixture from yesterday. And Yay. previewing the game on Tuesday night. That's what very shortly. Yay. Welcome back to the Raw Blue Podcast, uh, and now it's time to focus on Blues. Um, <laughs> Birmingham were held to a goalless draw uh, yesterday at home by Preston North End in a match that saw few clear-cut chances for either side. Troy Deeney hit the post for Birmingham within the opening minutes, while Preston's Ben Whiteman cleared off the line at the start of the second half. Neither side could break the deadlock in a match that saw both restricted to just two shots on target each. This was the fourth consecutive draw for Preston, uh, but means they remain unbeaten in their past six league matches. Uh, Lee Bowyer's Birmingham came into the match off the back of two defeats against Fulham and Peterborough, in which they conceded seven in total and scored just one. The signs looked good for the home side at the start when Dini headed the ball against the bar after just six minutes, getting on the end of a cross from Dion Sanderson. Uh, the opening 20 minutes continued to see chances at both ends. Among them, Tahith Chong forced Preston keeper Daniel Iverson to make a save with his legs with a low shot before Sean Maguire sent the ball over the bar for the visitors. Josh Earl uh, then saw a low-driving effort, saved by Birmingham's Matija Sarkic, Uh, But things dried up for both sides as the first half progressed and it remained that way throughout the rest of the match, despite both managers sending on a brace of substitutes. Jeremy Beller almost scored the winner for Birmingham, but it was cleared off the line by Whiteman and Iverson then saved the follow up from Maxime Collin. So Blues, they've stopped the rot in terms of conceding goals. Um, We've gone from conceding seven goals in those two games to conceding zero across 90 minutes. So that's a positive. But we're getting these age-old problems at Blues again, where we're really struggling to to create chances and, and score goals. Um, what was your take on on yesterday's game, Joe?
1: I think it was probably the you know, the only nil-nil of the uh, of the match day. I remember I was watching Soccer Saturday. Of course, I was I was I was at a bar w- watching Soccer Saturday, and the whole time I was just thinking. If something happened at St Andrews yet are are we, are we gonna have anything to talk about are we going to yeah. have anything to talk about mm. um and to be honest there's not much is there I mean you, your summary there's not really much to, to, to then go off of that yeah we started all right but it was a game it was a game of missed opportunities for blues you know a couple of chances and I think Sarkic made a, made a, had a, had a decent game according to a couple of fan groups um a first start for Dion Sanderson in the league and George Friend. Yep. Um, I've got to admit, when I saw George Friend was starting, I was a little bit worried. Mm. Um, but, you know, clean sheet, you know, kind of done too much wrong. Um, I don't think he'll start against QPR. Yeah, I, I think I,
0: it was just a knock for Pederson, wasn't it, that meant that Friend was starting? I wouldn't be
1: surprised if, if the back three against QPR is Sanderson... And then Pedersen and uh, uh, and uh, and Dean and Dean. Yeah. And Dean. Yeah. So, um, if so, that is exactly what we said on the show last uh, last episode. So, Lee Boyer, I know you're a massive fan of the show. <laughs> I think,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm, sure yeah. I'm, sure. I'm sure he's
1: listening. I'm sure he's listening. He clearly uh, he's clearly heard what we were saying.
0: Mm, yeah, Look, Mark, you're absolutely Mark, right,
1: Mark, Mark Roberts. We love Mark Roberts, don't we? Yeah, but, yeah. You know, you, you can't keep making silly little mistakes, uh, certainly at the back, and and get away with it. So, yeah. there's a good player in there. He just needs a little bit of confidence, I think. Mm,
0: mm. But
1: in you're terms of himself, t- there's not really much to say about it. No,
0: opinion. no. I think you're right to, to mention. I think when I saw the lineup, I was a bit worried about Friend because I think George Friend had a tough game in the cup game against Fulham a few weeks back, about well, about a month ago now, um, and that did worry me slightly. Especially when Jeremy Bella, who we know puts a lot of energy in up and down that side, but perhaps doesn't have that defensive instinct you did worry about that that one side of the pitch and whether that would get exploited. But but it didn't seem to be too much of an issue. Um, yeah, I thought Sanderson had a good game, all things considered. Um, he looked comfortable, offers something a bit better going forward. He seems quite good at picking out a pass. Almost got an assist with Deeney um, scoring, um, nearly scoring uh, very early on. Um, yeah, this is a result, I think, that was necessary in a sense. So of course, a winner would always be great, but the clean sheet, I think, was really important. Uh, just almost resetting a little bit, settling everything about down again after a couple of mad games uh, and just sort of refocusing uh, and regrouping uh, a little bit. Because it, the last couple of fixtures were were mad from a Birmingham perspective. Um, and I think it's important that we had this uh, looking ahead to the fixtures we've got coming up. And of course, we'll preview the QPR one uh, in a moment. But after QPR, we've got Forest, a game at home, which, a game which we should be looking at to try and win. Then we've got West Brom away, which will be difficult. Huddersfield away, who have, slided, have got, had a bit of a slide, but we know that they're a good side. Um, then we're at home to Swansea. October looks like a tough, tough month. It does.
1: And, uh, you know, I think that the next, after QPR, I think the next game that, that I'll be going to, I think we'll be going to it, will be the Swansea game on the 23rd yeah. of October. Um, and in between that, I mean, uh, I'd love to be able to go to the West Brom game at the Hawthorns. It's impossible to get tickets. Even, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that. Um, I don't know how it works for other teams, but for, for Blues, there's gold members, silver members, yeah, and then there's just non-members who 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 can pick up tickets on the stray. If if there are tickets going for non-members, that's a bad result for Blues because they are mm-hmm. so well supported on the road. Yeah, um, as you mentioned before, I got kind of lucky to get a QPR ticket. To be honest. I don't know how that... Maybe because it's a midweek game mm, yeah. uh, down in London. Maybe there's a few people just deciding to give it a miss. But um, I know there are loads of people going. I could only actually get a restricted view ticket. Oh, right. But I don't care. I'm there for the atmosphere, not for the game, to be honest. I'm not... <laughs> You'll <laughs> no, be
0: fine. fine. You'll be fine. You'll. Um,
1: but uh, I suppose what I'm saying is that uh, that West Brom game that we've got coming up, um, it's impossible to get tickets for. Even in group, like in group chats, often you can go to members who can't make it and try and get, try and get uh, spare tickets. Try and pay them, pay them like, a little bit extra for mm-hmm. a ticket or whatever. No one is selling their tickets, so everyone's going to that game. By the looks of it, it's going to be packed out, and it's a full allocation for Blues. Um, anyway, but let's let's talk about QPR game because that's yeah. the one that's immediately coming up. I
0: just wanted to mention one thing uh, on a tactical point um about oh. blues that i sort of picked up on in this preston game is is how how easily they nullified our wing backs i felt like conan and bella they had their moments in the game but they, they clearly i think teams have learned about how to stop stop this system a little bit they had their moments but nowhere near as prolific as they were i think back to the sheffield united game the space that conan and bella kept finding themselves in out wide and the chances that they were they were creating and, and taking as, as we won that game one nil in this game, it seemed like the wing backs were really pinned back, um, and, and we, we really struggled then to to find a way to to, to progress the ball meaningfully up the pitch. Um, it makes you wonder as, as to whether we should change formation. I, I did wonder if just going to four four two is the way to do it, or or looking at uh, you know a four two three one maybe. And having, yeah, I was going to
1: say, I don't think a four four two would um, would suit us at all. Mm. That would that would really restrict Collin most most notably. I think a four-two-three-one would would probably suit suit us better, but that's that's assuming that we're happy to go to a one-man striker.
0: Yeah, um, well, I think I think you would need um, a runner off Deeney if Deeney was the is the man to start. You, you need someone...
1: because like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we did go four-two-three-one. We'd probably play if we don't. That would certainly allow us to maybe uh, incorporate um, Riley McGree into that number ten role. Yeah yeah um you know to heath chong out mm-hmm. out wide right he's the runner and obviously jeremy bella the runner on the left mm-hmm. to a big man like troy deaney or juki i don't think hogan would be the man to be a lone striker certainly no, not no. that um maybe in a 4-3-3 he'd be okay with you know with a with a bit more support coming from midfield but uh not not as a not not in a four two three one, 3 1. And that would also give the freedom for Qualan to get forward from uh, from right back to because you'd have a, a, a double pivot to kind of cover for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that would
1: be the system I'd want. I, I, if we were to change system, that would be what I'd want us to change to.
0: Yeah. And it's it's an interesting one as well because in the in the Preston game, we brought on Chuck Sonecki and Lukas Yukovic in the second half. But interestingly, I think we made something like a third of the amount of crosses in that second half. There were something like thirteen or fourteen, maybe fifteen crosses in the first half. I can't remember the exact stat, but then there are only five crosses in the second half when you've got those big men on there. So clearly, the system needs a bit of a change-up. I'm sure Lee Bowyer, better than anyone, will be aware of that. I think, as we've just discussed, the four-two-three-one is is worth looking at. I think there's a, there's a, there's an option there,
1: maybe. And in terms of the cross the crossing thing that you just mentioned. I, rem- I seem to remember a while ago, maybe last season, maybe even the season before that, we were talking about, so we've got Jeremy Bella out wide. Uh, I think it was last season because it was Atta Karanka. Yeah. Um, he kept subbing Juki on when we needed a goal. Yes. But subbing him on for Jeremy Beller. So you're taking off your best crosser of the ball and putting on your best header of the ball. Mm-hmm. And n- even though we're not doing that now, that you're tr- it's right. You know, Chuck Seneke and Juki, they're both big boys who want the ball in the box. Yeah. Um, put the ball in the box for them. They're going to make things happen. Even if it's a deflection, we get a corner. If it's, you know, you never know, you, can, you might want a penalty, goalkeeper yeah. mistake, mm-hmm. a mistake, deflections. When you put the ball in the middle, anything can happen.
0: That's it. You've got right. to ask those questions.
1: So, as, but certainly when you've got a big man like Juki in the box who just causes havoc, even if he doesn't get a header on the ball, he, like we saw for the Collan goal. Uh, against uh, Sheffield United, he dragged like three defenders away, and that's what gave mm. Poland so much space.
0: That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. So it's there's a few tweaks I think necessary at Blues, but as I say, I think the Preston game, the priority was to get everything sorted defensively, be organised, get the clean sheet, and let's reset before a, a very, very demanding October. Um, but yeah, let's let's quickly look at the QPR fixture before we move on to the next uh, section of the show. Um, QPR on the back of some tough results Um, you know they've in their last five they've lost three Um, one of those being the cup game of course against Everton Uh, sorry um, drew in full time I should say in in normal time Um, it seems to me like QPR have dropped off we discussed it earlier in the show um, is there an opportunity here for Blues, or will they be looking at Birmingham and thinking this is the kind of team we should be? Should well, be I,
1: think both, I think both teams will be thinking the same thing. This is the mm-hmm. game. This is a game where we can turn our fortunes around, go under the lights, and and prove that we're still that that, that we're still performing the way we did at the start of the season. But I think I, I don't think it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Should we just do predictions and then and then get on? Because I'm excited about this last section as well
0: that you Well, I thought do you want I to, want to we should we didn't do our stars and stinkers? We should we probably didn't do quickly stars and do that.
1: Stinkers. Um <laughs> to be honest, I mean the game was so kind of
0: Yeah.
1: I'm gonna do let's do one star and one stinker. Yeah. So each? my I'm gonna start with my star, if you don't mind. Go for it. I'm gonna give it to 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 the man in net. Matthias
0: That's what. That's who I was going to go for. But, okay, I instead, that's why I went oh. first because I knew you were going to go. <laughs> Sarkic thought, is uh, really great. Actually, we should say Sarkic is really grown into the role. Actually, no, if he I, I every, mean, I think you mentioned last week. If, if I was Etheridge, I'd be worried about getting that jersey back now because he's Sarkic has really grown into it. Um, and Boyer seems to really trust him, which is yes. uh,
1: which for, for Neil Etheridge will be worrying.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, my star then, I'm just going to go with Deion Sanderson then. I think coming into the side okay. in the way that he did, he had a good game, he was solid defensively, offers something a little bit different going forward, could pick a pass. So Deion Sanderson, straight in there with a star rating from me.
1: I'd like to see him play against QPR. If we go with a back three, I'd like to see him the other side of Harley Dean with Pederson, provided Pederson is fit again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, what about stinkers then? One stinker each? One stinker each. Yeah. Um... I didn't like. I said, you know,
1: I'm going to go with Hogan again. You've done it again. I was going to pick him. Did you? What i you was going, going to pick Hogan. Pick Hogan. <laughs> You're too kind, mate. You need to. You need to be a bit more robust and go first. Uh, I'm going to go with Hogan purely because he didn't. He he, I, he, he didn't notice him in the game whatsoever, in my opinion. No. And uh, you know, when you have a game of missed opportunities. The first people you look at are the strikers, and I've not got it in my heart to make Troy Deeney a stinker yet.
0: So okay, now I'm going to pick a substitute. I'm going to pick Chucks Aneki. I think he came on. The service wasn't there, admittedly, but he just phew, the stats don't look great. Um, 50% pass success in 23 minutes. Um, it just it just looked to me to be. Um, a difficult afternoon for him. And I think it's safe to say there's a pecking order established at, in, with the strikers at Blues now. I think you say Dini is going to be the main man uh, yeah. and his match fitness looks like it's not far off now. He seems to be uh, looking a bit, a bit sharper. Um, and then you've got Hogan or Jukovic next to him. I think I think Hogan next to Dini is probably the ideal partnership. Then you've got Jukovic to come off the bench. And I think aneki has to be that fourth choice, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, aneki just... is someone that you, that you chuck on... Against you know against Hull City when you when you're yeah. a goal up and just yeah. just a rest and main try I think and that's nothing against the kid you know he's a good he's a good um, he's he's proven at League One level much like Hull City with their strikers that he can do it there yeah. maybe the, maybe this league is a bit but you know he's only been here for a couple of weeks you know it's only been what what two months since the start of the season now um, so you know let's let's we'll give him a little bit of time but for
0: now uh you certainly got a bit a bit to improve on i think yeah improvement required yeah that's that's probably the the best way to put it so going back to the qpr game sorry game. Do it's, important. It's, important thing. it's important that we do stars and stinkers so we have to do that yes, we we were, say, we were saying that both teams here qpr and blues will be looking at it fan- fancying taking each other on at this uh, this stage of this season i already is, know, know what, you're
1: what you're going to say it. i already know what you're what you're going to predict because <laughs> we know what you are you missed you missed a draw you you love a draw
0: I, it's just say it's much safer. I,
1: I think last time we went to
0: Loftus Road mm. was
1: 2 2 when we went, not not blues, but when we we because that was my first ever blues away game was two years ago, yeah. At Loftus Road, my second ever blues away game is at Loftus Road. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you
0: see what 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 draw though? Score, I think, draw? I, I think it'll be um, 1 1. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll be similarly sort of defensive and organized. Um, yeah. One, one all. I'm going to go with a two,
1: one win for blues. Ooh. And it's going to be, uh, it's obviously going to be wrong. Now I've said it, <laughs> but that would be amazing. And, uh, I haven't got it in my heart to say that I think Blues will lose, but I, I don't think Blues are going to win, and I don't think they're going to draw. I think it will be a QPR win. Really? Yeah. So I'm going to make my official prediction: two-one Blues.
0: <laughs> but,
1: okay. But I've admitted that that's not actually what I think. I've, it's like I've a It's like a heart
0: a, prediction and a head prediction. Yeah, my
1: heart says two-one Blues. My head says
0: two-one QPR. Actually. Okay. Interesting. But it could
1: go either way. It's again, it could go either way.
0: And you're going to the game, as you say, Joe. So, I'll be at the um, game. Yeah. Anyone,
1: if you are listening to this before the game and you want to, uh, if you're getting a fan coached out, I live in London, so I'll, I'll be getting the train to the game. I'll probably try and get to, there's no away pubs around Loftus Road, which is really annoying. Um, if you want to go to a pub, you got to go to Shepherd's Bush and they require, most of them require you to wear a jacket covering up your shirt. If you
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Stuff and whatever. So I'll probably, what I'm probably going to do is have a couple of drinks at a pub near me and then get the... Um, on the way to the station, I'll probably pick up a, a, a couple of cans and drink them on the train, on the underground. I, I, you hooligan! I'm a hooligan. <laughs> jump on and punch some some of the faces. Stop going on about punching <laughs> for God's sake!
0: I'm not even going to go to that looting game. It's just, I'm not. Uh, like,
1: I'm a very, I'm a very passionate man.
0: Yes, no, then yes. It's it's good to be passionate, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Um, it's it's going to be a really interesting game, I think. Actually, both teams are at a bit of a bit of a junction uh, in their season. Um, both desperate to get a win and, and sort of start to build up their uh, momentum again um, so yeah i think you'll enjoy it and uh, yeah we'll we'll look forward to recording again once you've uh, once you've been to the game and i'm sure think, there'll be lots yeah, of yeah, I think about. we'll
1: probably record on thursday right yeah um, so hope hopefully we'll get the episode out thursday kind of thursday evening if not friday um, but yeah uh, we'll definitely uh, maybe i'll try and do uh did we, in the Tommy Mooney interview, obviously we just gone to the Fulham game. Um, did we put the audio in of us at the stadium? I think, I think I did. We did, we did, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe I'll do another one of those. Yeah, maybe you should. It'll, it'll, it'll be <laughs> just me, obviously. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get some Blues fans around me to get involved as well. You know, I'll try oh, and idea. come up with a little bit of, uh, the, the, at least then they'll listen, even if it's only just to hear themselves. <laughs> but uh, it's just another listener for us or for the algorithm. Um, but yeah, anyway, if you're at the game and you listen to this, get at, get at us on, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter or on email and uh, let me know. Maybe we'll go for a
0: drink. Sounds good. Um, yeah. So looking forward to the game. I think you're going to really enjoy it. It's going to be a, a really interesting one. Both teams desperate for a win. Um, but let's hope the Blue Boys can, can pull through and get the three points and um, we'll, we'll really push on. Um, brilliant. So that's the end of the blue section of the show. We've got a final five minute section where we're going to answer a question from a friend of the pod uh, and then we're going to wrap up. That's coming up very shortly. Welcome back to the Royal Blue podcast. This is the final section of the show now. Um, where we're going to answer a question sent in by a friend of the pod. Um, Okay, so I like this question. And we've mentioned these names a few times already uh, so far this season. The question is, if John Terry or Frank Lampard could go to a championship team, which one would suit them? So
1: is this assuming that it could be any team, regardless of like their current managerial situation.
0: I think that's the case, yeah. So it's, it's sort of seeing what sort of team would, would suit them in terms of the way they manage. We don't know too much about John Terry in terms of his managerial style. Perhaps we could learn we something about this, his time we, at Villa. We can go
1: off the way Villa play. I think. Yeah. That's why he's done most of his... Um, well, that's why he's done pretty much all of his uh, coaching and Chelsea learning. Maybe me, a little yeah. bit... Maybe a, he probably done a little bit towards his end of his tenure as a Chelsea player. So... Let's start with John Terry, because I think Frank Lampard will be a bit easier. You, this is the first time I've heard this question, so I might need a couple of minutes to
0: think about it. You've <laughs> heard at, the question already. I, I, yes, I, I noted it down. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to start if you but want if You to. go first, because I'm going to need to think about it. Well, I, I think with John Terry, if we're looking at the way that, that um, Dean Smith, Aston Villa played in the Championship and the way they got promoted, um, you've got to look at sides that have that a blend, I think, of... of a good blend of experience and a good blend of youth because they were, they were very good Villa, at, at, at sort of utilizing that. I, I'm looking at teams like a Bristol city or someone like that, someone that they've got the, the attacking prowess to attack the way that Villa did. Um, but also they've got a little bit of experience in there it's 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 tempting to go for someone like Bournemouth because they're they're big and and they're, and they're doing well already. I think we've um, okay. So can we cut out the
1: Bournemouth, Fulham, West? Okay. So we, we, so we won't, so it's got to be a team that are definitively a championship team and not yeah. uh, not a yo-yo team, not a prem team, a championship team. Um I would go for John Terry, in terms of you know, solidity defensively, maybe a team that struggle in attack. And need would need some would need a bit of tweaking in an attack
0: yeah
1: i'd be tempted to go for cardiff city
0: i was gonna just I was, I was just thinking of them <laughs>
1: um i think cardiff city because they've got a good blend of experience at the back which obviously john terry would be able to really embed his defensive philosophy into it um and in terms of attack you know they've got they've got a big man up top in Kiefer moore mm. um and they've got they've got plenty of, of exciting players and it's just not working at the moment. Maybe with his experience of uh, helping Dean Smith with uh, blending together some of the players at Villa. I think that, I think I think Cardiff is the one that springs to mind.
0: Well, they're, they're interesting as well because I think with his advice, they'd get Aidan Flint and Sean Morrison even more goals. Yeah, probably. And <laughs> set pieces.
1: Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. <laughs> and um, another team that maybe springs slightly to mind would be Luton Town.
0: yeah. Yeah, no? yeah, um, that would be a that would be a big that would be a big job. That I, that'd think. Be a huge, oh, I mean,
1: because, I mean, certainly with Luton Town slipping the way they are, I wouldn't be surprised if, in a few months, their manager, if they keep going the way they're going, if they do end up managerless, looking at the likes of John Terry, maybe, um, if Frank Lampard, a bit more experienced in terms of, we know a bit more about his playing style.
0: Yeah, well, he's got that experience, obviously, of, of getting br- oh, yeah. running Derby very close, but also yeah. bringing through good young players. You know, he gave Mason Mount a chance at Derby, uh, Fikeo Tamori. These players were given a chance under Frank Lampard to actually play senior football matches and, and look a, at where those players are now.
1: As a player who likes to bring through youth players, and maybe it's a bit more realistic and something we haven't talked about, I don't think they'd be able to afford him. But maybe, I think Nottingham Forest could do a lot worse. Mm. You know, I think he'd certainly come in and 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 sort them out.
0: They've got some good young players at Forest. You know, Alex mean, you know,
1: really. I think Brennan Johnson would be the new Mason Mount.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: for for Forest, uh, and they own him, so it's not like they have to worry about losing him. Um They've got a, they've got a, they've got some good defenders. I think I think Frank Lampard at Forest would would make sense to me.
0: I'd like him at Stoke. At Stoke, I'd like Frank Lampard at Stoke because they've got some good young players. I really think he could really, you know, Sam Sturridge Sam Surridge could really be pushed on there. Josh Tyman is a good young player. I really think he could uh, could really get get sink his teeth into the squad there and, and play some good football, uh, much in the way they are already, but but really taking that up a notch.
1: Tell you what, actually, I think I think Swansea. Yeah,
0: I yeah, say
1: Swansea. Uh, they've got, they've of course, they've got a couple of good players um, in attack. You know, they've got Obafemi. Uh, yeah, yes. I think, I think he could really do some work with with Obafemi. Mm. Um, I think, I think, I think he could really, uh, he could do with Swansea what he done with Derby. Um, if in, is that if he came in, if he was to come in, get a couple of players in on loan um, in January, I think he could really do a bit of a push for the for the for the top six.
0: Yeah, yeah. Swansea. It's it's interesting that we've got we we feel a bit more enthusiastic about Frank Lampard because we, we know that he's I mean, we sort of got more of an idea of him as a manager.
1: That's the thing, but um, yeah. yeah, I think if Frank Lampard went to Nottingham Forest, he would keep him up. I think mm. if um, if he went to Swansea, he'd get him top. He'd get him top. He'd he'd get him top ten. He'd mm. put him to the top six.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and just the final part of the question was, um, would these as managers would they have more pulling power? Than Scott Par- Scott Parker. Scott Parker obviously well, assembled quite a good well, squad at ball but they've already got a good squad. Parker. Mm.
1: Uh, yeah, I
0: think, I think I, it's
1: Wood. it's difficult. John Terry it? wouldn't.
0: No, I don't think he would. I think John Terry, Terry would, would it, struggle. Would mm-hmm.
1: certainly in terms of young players, because he's got yeah. a track record of developing the likes of Mason Mount. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can even attribute Callum Hudson Odoi. Uh, at Chelsea to him, a couple of the centre-back I mean, to Tamori for sure Yeah, um, who Chelsea, as soon as Frank Lampard was gone, Chelsea just disregarded
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and he's having a great time out there. Tammy Abraham as well um, of course he's got a lot of his experience at Villa mm. um, was, was John Terry at Villa for Tammy Abraham? I think so, yeah he was assistant um, manager um, um, and, then, uh, and then of course, you know, Frank Lampard made Tammy Abraham certainly have his best season at um, Premier League yeah, level yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think John Terry would have the pulling power because he hasn't got any track record yet, give mm-hmm. it a season or two and he develops some players that he's already got at a club and he certainly would have pulling power, you know, I'm sure every single young centre-back in the country would be thinking oh yeah, get me on loan with John Terry Yeah, um, but in terms of an actual whole team, I think Frank Lampard if, if we are going to list the three it would be Frank Lampard, Scott Parker, John Terry
0: yeah I think I think I'd probably, it's, it's difficult with Scott Parker as well to, to, to sort of, to disregard what he's achieved. You know, he got Fulham and promoted. Um, he, he did a, a good job of trying, they, they had a really good chance of staying up, but they didn't Yeah, work they were out quite lucky actually. Yeah. Um, Some of the things that
1: he can't control, like I think about the penalty against West Ham. Um, the,
0: the Adam like, Ola-Luckman.
1: Oh, yeah, what was he thinking? What, like, <laughs> what are you thinking? Like, what can a manager do other than say, don't do that? You're not going to go to a player before a game and say, don't do something before they've done it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Really little unfortunate things like that. Like they, they missed quite a few penalties, didn't they?
0: That, I just- okay, think that, that's part of that pulling power though, isn't it? It's it's that that they're they'll the, the, you feel like if you work for a manager like Scott Parker, not only will you improve, but you're gonna be part of a team that is gonna have ambition to get into the Premier League. And I, yeah, think I think Frank Lampard and Scott Parker are almost on level pegging in that sort of sense. Scott Parker has gone one one further and got promoted. He's done it, he's been there and done that. Um yeah, yeah, it's a difficult one. John Terry for me, an unproven quantity. Um, it'll be interesting to see him step into the breach though and see how he would get on
1: I I think it will be this season that he'll get a job in the championship Mm. it will be this season at some point and it will be interesting to see how he does I'm sure that's something that we'll keep a keen eye on uh, during the course of the season if and when it does happen
0: yeah yeah and with that we can uh, we can wrap up i think uh, thanks again joe uh, you're going to the qpr game of course we'll I am. be recording later in the week and we'll be talking all about that you can talk us through your experiences
1: <laughs> yeah i think I'll, i think i'll lead the uh, the blue section on that uh, it depends how much i can remember if we yeah, win going to say i'm not <laughs> i've actually made a point of not working the day after mm. as well so um, i will be able to, to to have a have a good time it's good if we lose, it will be headphones in train home yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it, and I think uh, get in contact, guys. We've said it so many times this uh, this time, and also uh, everyone who does follow us on social media. Um, apologies about the lack of posting. Uh, certainly on Instagram, I don't know about Twitter too much. I think they kind of go out at the same rate. Mm-hmm. Um, we will improve with that. We are still learning, yeah. um, but we will we will get more frequent and. Uh, with, uh, with posting on social media. So just bear with us for, for the time being. But um, yeah, I think uh, as long as you're happy, Alex, to wrap up.
0: Yeah, as always, uh, thanks for listening. Um, and we'll wrap up with the usual. Keep right on. Keep right on.